Let us pray together. Dear God, into our world of weariness, cruelty, and heartache, you came down that we may have joy. You came down that we may have joy. You came down that we may have joy. Alleluia forevermore. Again, you came down that we may have joy. You came down that we may have joy. You came down that we may have joy. Alleluia forevermore. We pray this through Christ, the pioneer and the perfecter of your song. Amen. So back in early 2021, during some of the hardest, scariest times of the pandemic, a group from our congregation called the Serenading Sisters started going to sing for people and to bring them joy. They went to folks who were coming out of chemo, who had broken limbs, and they went to give them joy. They went to folks who were celebrating key lifestone or life milestones in the pandemic with nobody else, and they went to amplify their joy. 11 times they've already done this, and uh, there's a rumor that they're plotting for another time in the near future here. So what on earth is it about singing that transports us to a new place? Amen? We felt it this morning, haven't we? And it helps us to feel newly connected with God and with each other. What is it about singing that interrupts our downward spirals of isolation and despair and helps us to catch God's upward spiral of peace and connection and joy. Thank God for the incredible gift of singing. Can you imagine our world without this gift? God's wonderful invention and ability given to us all. You know, when, back when I was 30, <laughs> A half time, a lifetime ago now, when God was drawing us back to faith and to the church, I think I've shared this story together. I, I, I think I've shared this with you before. I remember telling Danette about this strange feeling I was having in worship in my chest. This experience that I'd never had before, this warmth and lightness of being right here. And what was happening was that cynical, snarky Todd Friesen 
was being surprised by joy. Starting to experience God's upward spiral for the first time in my life. In the words of John Wesley, my heart was being strangely warmed. Don't you love that? I was feeling for the first time the new and wonderful connection with God, connection with others, connection with my own true self in a new way. I was experiencing the joy for which we have all been created. Remember Jesus saying, I came to fill you with my joy, that your joy may be complete. And then later in seminary, I was not at all surprised when one of my profs, Marlene Krupp, said that as Mennonites, some of our most profound and most intimate experiences of connection and joy with God, when do they happen? Not during the sermon. <laughs> they happen when we're singing together as the body of Christ, catching God's upward spiral together. You can go back to the slide of Elizabeth and Mary. Have you ever noticed that in the opening chapters of Luke's Gospel, it's like we're in a Broadway musical and folks keep on breaking out in song again and again and again. Today it's Mary singing what is called her Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord, she sings. And then Zechariah comes along and breaks out in song himself. The dawn from on high has broken upon us. And then an angel sings out to the shepherds in Bethlehem, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. Then it's John the Baptist, prepare ye. In Luke's gospel, we seem to be moving from one soaring solo to the next one. Warm-up singers all getting ready for the main event. Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of God's song. And Jesus comes to sing God's song like it's never been sung before. With his perfect pitch, he sings in Nazareth, God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, sight to the blind, release to the captive, and joy, joy to the weary. In Jesus, God comes to interrupt all of our downward spirals. And there's so many of them, aren't there? of weariness, despair, cruelty, and oppression with the upward spiral of God's justice and mercy and joy. And this Advent season, we are especially paying attention. We're noticing that how God chooses to enter into our weary 
world really, really matters. Where and through whom God chooses to come has eternal significance. Don't forget it. God doesn't come to us in intimidating power, but with tender mercy. God doesn't show up in the halls of the high and mighty, but in a lowly stable. God bypasses all the power elites, political and religious, and works instead through Elizabeth, the wrinkled wife of a lowly priest, and Mary, a teenage mother from Podunk, Nazareth. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> I had to get that in there. The way that God chooses to center women early on in this story is all part of God's grand and wonderful reversal. I thought I'd get an amen. At least from half of you. Turning the world upside down. Or right side up. Now there is one man who is given a key role in God's unfolding story in, early in the story, and his name is Zechariah, the future father of John the Baptist. But even his role, my friends, is edgy and surprising. And what you might be asking is Zechariah's special role in this story. His role is to be silent. To be quiet. Amen. Should I stop right now? And to do something very, very unusual for a man. To say nothing. And to just listen for nine long months. Wow. And so our silent Zechariah listens as wise Elizabeth takes in weary Mary. And Mary tells her story of a miracle child by the Holy Spirit. And as Mary, an, an unwed mother, pours out her story of shame and isolation and probably terror back in Nazareth, Elizabeth listens and Elizabeth becomes the first person really to see this terrified woman. And Elizabeth becomes the first person to say to Mary, I believe you. I believe you. That your child really is from God. 
And Zechariah keeps on listening as the long barren Elizabeth in Mary's presence now finds her own voice about her own years of disgrace and shame and isolation because of her inability to have a child. And Zechariah watches as God's joy fills and transforms these two weary women, stretching their bodies and their souls with joy. Gestating joy in each one, the upward spiral. And Zechariah listens as these two women, one barely a teenager, the other wrinkled and wise, as they talk and they sing together about the one who is coming, God with us, who will turn our cruel and unjust and weary world upside down. And then, <laughs> I love this part of the story, when it comes time for Zechariah and Elizabeth to name their miracle child, Elizabeth, Elizabeth announces his name. He is to be called John. And then getting out his tablet, stone, not electronic, Zechariah writes his name is John, and then suddenly his voice returns. And it's this three month long conversation between Mary and Elizabeth that informs and inspires the two great anthems of praise that we heard today, the Magnificat, and the Benedictus of Zechariah. And so I find it wonderful that the artist in this image here has centered Elizabeth in the middle with Mary there supporting and comforting her as they both begin to sing the song that God has been incubating in them both. So here we are in 2023, folks. In our world, still caught in these downward spirals of violence and revenge and cruelty. God's song of joy, God's upward spiral is still needed like never before. And year after year, it is this joyful song that we're all trying to sing together here in our church. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes our lead pastor goes flat and off tune. But still, we keep practicing, singing it together, rehearsing this song of joy and then getting ready to go out to our lives and to sing this song with our lives wherever we live and work. 
And some of us will be trying to sing this song on Tuesday in Lloyd Smooker's congressional offices, trying to bring this song of peace and mercy and joy. Because you see, it's when we finally let God's song of joy take hold of us. That upward spiral that we feel most alive. When we're singing that song, it's, that is when we feel most connected with God, with each other, and with ourselves. Just ask Mary. Just ask Elizabeth. And just ask Zechariah. Amen.